Welcome, friends and fiends. This is your host, film critic and comedian, Nate Wyckoff. And I'm here to tell you about an exciting giveaway that Warner Brothers Discovery and Colton Classic Films LLC has put together to build your 4K Ultra HD film collection on digital. We are giving away four codes which contain digital 4K Ultra HD versions of Rebel Without a Cause, Maltese Falcon, and Cool Hand Luke. These are films that you absolutely must know as a film buff. You can get this code by being one of the lucky four people we pull from our newsletter list. So go to coltonclassicfilms.com slash newsletter and give us your email and your name and we'll sign you up for the newsletter and we will enter you in the competition. That's all you got to do. So please go ahead and do that. The contest ends on April 30th and we will send out the winning codes on May 1st. Thank you so much for being a listener. And here's your episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Welcome to Colton Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to another episode of Colton Classic Podcast, the podcast where we talk about two films, a mainstream and a cult film that are thematically linked and analyze them both. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, and this is part two of our zombie foobar, the military mistake zombie movies uh, compilation that uh, we started last week with 2021 Zack Snyder-helmed film Army of the Dead. That was a divisive picture. This one, though, I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree is one of the greatest cinematic masterpieces of all time. We're talking, of course, about 1989's Redneck Zombies. Um, there's actually a lot of history to talk about with this film, but we're going to dive right in because this, I will say, is a shorter episode, mainly because your host has to work so many jobs to afford running a podcast. So please, guys, before I forget, go rate us, review us wherever you find your podcast, subscribe, share us on your Facebook, your Instagram, Twitter, uh, follow us on Instagram at Colton Classic Podcast, and uh, email us great ideas for films and other things to coltonclassicpodcast at gmail.com. Send all of your hate mail to Tad Mastriani. And please, please, please rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars, 10 stars, however many stars you can give us. Give us those stars. I okay. promise I will rate and respond to every single hate mail. Of I Seriously, guys. Uh, send it to Colton Classic Podcast at gmail.com and I'll forward it right over to Tad. And we'll talk about it on the air. So Tad Mastrioni is with us. How are you doing, Tad? Uh... I am watching another zombie movie. Bump it a bump 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 bump. Also, we have Greg Johnson. How are you doing, Greg? Oh, you know, I'm here. Yep, that's that's <laughs> so. That, I think that was actually um, what they were looking for in the cast for Redneck Zombies is people to be able to say, "I'm here." Um, they just did a pulse check at the beginning, and they're like, "Get on screen." <laughs> you have to have a pulse. Oh, funny. Okay, and to round this out is our resident zombie lover, Mandy Longley. How are you doing, Mandy? but i'm feeling a little underdressed about like the sack on the uh with the tobacco truck driver's so, costume yeah <laughs> let's get it let's let's get into this so redneck zombies uh the history behind this film it's it's directed by pericles lunas um who pericles lunas did direct uh, a couple of of features but is most well known for doing practical special effects on some great direct-to-video B-movies, um, some some really classic uh, trauma films like Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD from 1990, um, The Toxic Avenger Part 2 and 3 in 1989, of course, James Gunn. It always comes back to James Gunn right in those. Trauma's War, he was a special effects coordinator. We did that on our uh, Beast of War 
compilation episode. Uh, so go back and listen to that. He also did a lot of the special effects work for Monsters, the TV series that ran from uh, 90 to 91, which is kind of a, a classic, really fun series. So check that out if you're not familiar with it. Um, he made this film. Uh, they filmed it, I think, over 32 days on the weekends over a year. So it was a long process. So it's impressive, actually, to corral anybody that's getting essentially nothing payment-wise to, to that kind of uh, commitment. So I, 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 this is truly low-budget cinema, and I commend it. It also has the distinction of being one of the first um, distributed, widely distributed films shot on video, on, on like camcorders. Uh, and it was, of course distributed direct to video. It didn't have a theatrical release. So there's actually a lot of, of backstory to this movie and it has been put out in different iterations uh, over the past several decades. The one that we reviewed here is Troma's anniversary release, which is technically the unrated cut. I believe the only real difference is that there's some more of the gore footage in there. It's, it's very minimal difference, however. Um, but if you do want to pick up this film, seek that one out because it's a two disc special edition. It has the soundtrack, which is funny uh yeah so here's the plot of this movie and i'm using this in a very open way because the plot is the plot is what you'd expect from an early uh shot on video low budget monstrosity um there uh is this really nasty toxic substance that the military is trying to store somewhere uh they send one guy and a dog in a in an open top jeep to take the last barrel to wherever it's supposed to go. And uh, he's messing with the radio and he swerves the truck and the thing rolls into a ditch. He goes to get it and uh, being a, an intelligent young black man, uh, he runs across, who runs across a, a, a massively overweight white hillbilly with a shotgun. He does the smart thing and says, you keep this pile of garbage, I'm gonna beat it. And he leaves. Um, I feel like, Weirdly enough, this movie filmed in 1989 called Redneck Zombies is more respectful of black people than 2020 uh, and 2021 and probably 1990 up until now, because there is not only a black character that survives this film. Uh, I don't know where he goes, but he survives this film, but they're also among the smarter people. And that's questionable because not really anyone was smart in this movie. Um, but he doesn't drink toxic waste right off the bat. So, I mean, it, you're pretty smart. So this, uh, to get back to the plot, I'm using air quotes. Uh, watch us on youtube.com for those air quotes. The plot is that this barrel is then taken by this other redneck moonshine family, uh, two brothers and a dad, and they use, they drain it, and then they use this barrel to make their new uh, batch of moonshine and distribute it throughout town. Well, of course, this barrel of muck turns people into zombies, none of which look exactly the same, but that's okay. And uh, some campers who, this is the biggest question I have about this movie. This group of campers is led by like this know-nothing middle-aged man. I don't know how, who would sign up for this, um, but he's leading this group through the woods um, who seem like they just went out there on a whim, like they woke up one day and, and had you know, the penny saver events list on a dartboard and just chucked it at it because they don't seem very invested in camping. But they're in this forest with these rednecks who turn into zombies and they turn other people into zombies and then there's lots of zombies running around. That's that's it. Um, 
here's the first thing I want to say that is fantastic about this movie. It's actually uh, specific to the trauma release, anniversary release of this movie. And that is the opening trauma TV interview between uh, Grandpa Lloyd Kaufman, Uncle Lloyd Kaufman, uh, head of, of trauma video, and uh, Pericles Lunis. It is the kind of madcap insanity, skit-based uh, improv that is trauma at its best. It is off color. It is inappropriate. It is stupid. And I found it very entertaining. I actually was really upset because I was watching it and my wife was next to me and she looked at me and she said, did you write this? And that's exactly <laughs> what I wondered because it is that kind of just insanity that would just pour out of my brain. So that's a really fun intro. And it does actually give some interesting backstory on uh, the film. And it's kind of neat to see Pericles Lunius, uh, you know, him actually physically there in the 2000s in front of a camera because we don't often see unless you go hunt them online we don't often see um these low budget filmmakers years later uh we we probably only see them in the whatever role they played in their own movie because they didn't have enough people um so it's neat to, to see that there and that's of course happens in this movie he plays one of the redneck sons i believe but we're gonna dive right in here greg what did you expect going into Redneck Zombies 1989? And what was your uh, feeling when you finished it? Um, well, I expected um, trauma. And <laughs> that's what I got. I mean, I it, I came in and out of it throughout. I mean, it, it felt like a, a series of vignettes strung together, which I feel like is pretty indicative of trauma films. Um, <laughs> I, I think I liked it a lot more than I did Trauma's War, though. Um, so yeah, all in all, I think I left I, I left contented, entertained, mildly amused. Um, like you said, I think it did a good job with this um, with its African American actors. You had um, that one guy at the end who I'm trying to figure out his name because of course no one has any pictures, so I don't remember yeah. and I don't remember his character name. But he was like the crazy guy at the end who kind of kept freaking out and he he, he like took a it. tab of acid at some yeah. point yeah uh, and his hair goes wonky mm -hmm. um he was yeah. he was hysterical he, he was, was wonderful i loved he, it he was absolutely great and uh as as mentioned um uh, before the soldier is also black played by tyrone taylor yeah um, and uh, as often is the case with uh low budget movies his character's actual name is tyrone so uh we get that as you said most of the cast is this this is just their only film um you know they, these are not professional actors for the most part uh i will say this the effects are great i'm a little surprised that apparently they had to submit to a lot of different places to get this distributed in 1989 because whatever you think about the story or as you said i also popped in and out there were there were there were segments of the story that weren't as compelling as others they were sort of ad-libbed um but the the grotesque effects are great um, it's really classic practical zombie effects, you know, people eating latex flesh, blood everywhere, goop, squished heads. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, Tad, what were you expecting with Redneck Zombies and what did you get? I expected exactly what I got. It was, well, I honestly, there was some redneck, but there wasn't as much redneck as I thought. It's one of those things where the cover does not really like actually give you what you think you're gonna get like there's there's no busty southern bell back there getting eaten alive no that doesn't happen but at the same time i got a scene where 
the one of the characters is pissing in a lake, commenting about how amazing the weather is or how nice the area is, and then zips up his pants, comes over and goes, ah, oh, where's a nice place to take a shit? And I saw immediately that that was ad-libbed because the entire cast, which was two other people, immediately just kind of like, they, they couldn't, they, they didn't know what to do. And it was trauma. Like the special effects were actually really good. I was actually really impressed for such a low budget film. Sure. Like and, it was visceral. And it's, it's because Lunas is the filmmaker in this case. And he's yeah. also the special effects guy. We get a similar thing on a much grander scale, of course, but even for the lowish budget uh, pictures of Guillermo de Torres, you know, he's a special effects master. So when you see one of his early movies, you know, it's, I mean, of course, he also has very compelling cinematography and his equipment is acceptable and things like that. But you watch his movie, you watch Mimic, which he wasn't happy with because the story kept getting toyed with and, and his hand was forced by production uh, and distribution companies. But it's the effects are incredible. And you're like, oh, this is what happens when someone who knows how to do it is in charge because they're going to get their hands dirty when they can or when they have to. And it makes a difference. Um, the irony is, this is a little bit of trivia, I guess Lunas uh, sent it out to a whole bunch of distributors, got none of them, and then Troma said, yes, we'll take it. And Troma, of course, he'd worked for, and they were the first ones that he sent to. They just, I guess, took the longest to get back to him, which also feels pretty Troma. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so there we go. I also will say, Greg, um, I, I enjoyed Troma's War, but I do think this one is much more palatable than Troma's War because its off-colorness is more tongue-in-cheek um, whereas uh, uh, some things like Trauma's War, the off-color humor is meant to shock instead of be clever in any way. Um, and this one, I'm not saying it's it's the height of wit, but um, there is at least some sort of clever uh, device that they're using for most of their jokes. Um, yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, you did get zombies. You did not get large-breasted blonde. Um, uh, no, that's uh, for a full moon video. Solar spells. Sure. And I mean, this is just good marketing, right? The cover, it's its the same cover that's been used for a million years for this movie because it's effective. It gives you what you want. It may not be what you get, um, but they just, just need to get you in the door. Mandy, uh, I know you had trouble getting through this one. Uh, let's talk about your experience with redneck zombies. <laughs> trouble my experience was about 35 minutes long because i could not get through the, the movie I folks through the movie is an hour and 33 minutes the by the way really um mandy had her load blown by kaufman's cultural <laughs> corner and then <laughs> yeah so i i don't even <laughs> i was done it was all downhill i could i was just like nothing's gonna live up to that so i'm out yeah. Also, there just weren't enough zombies early on. Like, I'm definitely sure. like a zombies from the beginning. Like, I want like two to three minutes of exposition about the beginning of the zombie apocalypse and then zombies. Um, and this was like after 35 minutes of the movie, there were still no zombies. And I had a lot of other stuff to do this week. So I was <laughs> like, well, I guess this, this is where we're at. Maybe I'll pick it up later once again okay. colton classic podcast <laughs> bringing the bottom of the barrel to you um yeah no so i will say that just comparing this to the reason i'm using trauma's war of course trauma has a huge catalog of films that they've both produced and much more that they've just distributed like this one uh 
I'm comparing it to Troma's War because you guys can go back and listen to our episode, which includes Troma's War, as well as um, The Beast, uh, which was quite a highbrow film. And Troma's War, I feel like, has better pacing. There is an overall plot that is more clear. This one, as Greg said, it seems sort of like almost... I hate to say because I don't like Super Troopers, but like a Club Dread production in a way, uh, or, or uh, what do they call it? Lizard? I forget the name of their of their uh, improv troupe. But Broken uh, Lizard, I think. Okay, lizard. thank you. Um, and and again, no no diss to them. I just don't like Super Troopers. But we can actually talk about that someday because there's actually quite a laundry list of reasons why I don't sure. like Super Troopers. Because but I love it. So I, let's argue. Yep, let's argue. Uh, if you guys want to hear us bicker about Super Troopers uh, and maybe even the sequel, please send us an email, cultandclassicpodcast at gmail.com. So this one, it is like vignettes because it does feel like there's a lot of ad lib. Um, and Tad, we've made movies like this before, right? You know the general idea of where you need to end up, but you really don't have an idea for this scene. You're like, oh, there needs to be a scene in the boiler room. Um, <laughs> but you probably should have figured out what the hell is going to happen in the boiler room that makes it worth watching. So there are big drops. The, the second half of the film is sort of a classic zombie movie. People are being chased by zombies and getting eaten by zombies. Um, they've discovered that a, a spray aerosol deodorant destroys the zombies. Uh, and we spend a great deal of time watching one person just not be able to spray their sprayer and run around. It's, it's fun. It reminded me a little bit of Fungicide. You can go back and listen to a mini-sode we did on that where um, the action scenes are mostly just people standing face-to-face -face in an open field. Uh, or an open like front yard and running at each other or away from each other. Uh, again, this one is punctuated by some really great practical effects. So it's weird to see like a torn torso in half um, in the middle of a movie that's clearly so low budget that there isn't a, a, a professional actor among, amongst them. So, you know, so much. Um, but I did find this to be watchable because it's so short. Uh, I would say that I would love to see a kickstarted sequel to this film, reprising the actual people from this film. That would be fun. Let's get a, uh, who, you know, let's get the mastermind behind Manos Hands of Fate 2 on this. Um, I also want to give a shout out. I recently, uh, just yesterday, watched The Alien Dead by Fred Olin Ray, an early Fred Olin Ray, uh, one of my favorite schlock directors, film. And it reminded me of this because it's very much the same sort of structure. A lot of films like this had the same structure. They're aimless. They had effect, like the murders and in the case of the alien dead, the nudity came first because that's what would sell the picture. And then the rest of it was just filler. Redneck Zombies is a little bit more than that. There clearly were some intent. There was th there were things that were written down because there are occasional jokes, etc. Um, I think the grizzled the grizzled redneck dad is a high point uh, acting wise. I think he's he's fun. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit off the recommendation one with this. I recommend this if you're into 80s shot on video. If nothing else, it's a piece of history that you should know about if you're into shot on video films because it is considered. Uh, while it may not actually be the first, there's some dickering on that. It is considered the first wide distribution shot on video film that was released direct to video so it's got a distinction for that also you can still find copies of the trauma release of this on vhs if you like collecting vhs and it's not going to break the bank and it's really cool to look at so uh kudos on that or you can pick up the dvd like i did with the soundtrack greg would you recommend redneck zombies um yeah i'll i'll say with a with the caveat of if you hear what nate is saying and man these films sure are fun but you also hear what i'm saying and man 
these films sure fucking suck. Um, <laughs> this is a this is a good dive in. It's it's not you know <laughs> fucked up enough to really scare you off, but it's enough of a dive into what trauma does, and it's entertaining enough, and it's pretty short, so. And it's clearly on the comedy spectrum, even though there's murders. The only scene, there's one scene I want to mention before we jump into the other recommendations. The scenes, there's a bunch of scenes where um, one of the brothers, who is a, a, a trans person before the um, pop, the current, you know, uh, use of the word, um, is delivering the moonshine. And they deliver it to a character credited as the butcher and the butcher's client and the butcher's victim. And that is a disturbing scene because everyone else has just been like some small town whatevers. And this one, they're clearly about to butcher a woman who is being held against her will. And it is truly a, a hostile-esque moment in the middle that is never resolved in the middle of this insane film. And also they have just a trigger warning for people because um, I hate scenes of animal cruelty there are no animals that are harmed in this film. However, there is stock footage in the Booker, the the butcher scene of um, the the. It's not even a slaughterhouse footage, but it's footage of the chicken sorters where they would sort male from female chickens. And I don't know what sort of horrible thing they were doing. I certainly hope they still don't do it anymore. But they seem to burn or brand inside the beaks of the chicks. Um, and it's an ugly little scene. It's nothing that will turn your stomach beyond the idea of it. And it is not, you don't see an animal getting killed. And certainly Lunis did not kill any animals or injure any animals in this. This is stock footage. Uh, it's very brief. But just to let you know that's in there. So there is one standout scene of discomfort that was clearly intended to be uncomfortable shoved in the middle of this goofy, loony film. And I applaud him for that. It's sort of Andy Kaufman-esque. Uh, in that way. Uh, Mandy, would you recommend Redneck Zombies? I don't know. I clearly only saw the first 30 minutes of it. Um, I think, that, I, think minutes, you I, would, <laughs> I would not, yeah, I would not recommend the first 30 minutes. I think that if you want to watch a zombie film, just skip to whatever part I didn't see that actually sounds interesting. And uh, I'll probably go back and watch the rest of it with these glowing reviews. Yeah, I'm going to say this. If you watch the movie, one, it's a history moment as i said but also this would be great for when you're having a movie a horror movie party and people are just getting there and you've got the drinks out and your introduction have this movie playing and then you can get to the next feature that's got a little bit more um entertainment to keep people quiet because this is when people are going to talk the whole time and it's not just because they're going to be making jokes about the screen there's too much lulls in the action uh for that to be the case so have this playing in the background you'll get some awesome moments where people are like dude what the hell is this uh have it playing there and people are going to be happy and i think uh lunas completely understands that and would uh approve of that use of this film tad would you recommend redneck zombies I would. I put this movie in the same category as Hard Rock Zombies, which, as you know, I gave pretty harsh reviews on my second time watching after, like, what, 15 fucking years in between. But it's one of those movies where there are enough, there's enough uh, creative effort in there that you're going to have some stuff that sticks in your mind. Because Hard Rock Zombies definitely is one of those movies where there are certain things about it that you're like, I remember that. Yes, and I remember yes. that was pretty awesome. And the rest of it is fucking stupid. 
But uh, um, yes, actually, I give this movie one Pericles out of one because Pericles is a fucking awesome name. And also, I officially have a one-up on Pericles because I'm pretty sure that my zombie film, I didn't play a zombie in my own zombie film. I think it was also four minutes. Is that what it was? Four minutes long? It was also an incomplete movie. Although, you know, it would be kind of cool to dig up that footage of Greg as the zombie that rented porn. Yeah, I absolutely love it. If anybody does out there, because we know the one copy disappeared, this movie is called Zombie Dance. It's produced and directed by Tad Mastriani. If you have that out there, anyone in Northern New Hampshire or elsewhere, please reach out to us at cultandclassicpodcast at gmail.com. But guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Cult and Classic Podcast, uh, part two of Zombie Fubar. Listen back last week to our review of Army of the Dead by Zack Snyder. Very polarizing. Uh, and thanks for listening to this one. And guys, I'm going to send you off with yet another reminder. Please review us, rate and review us. It's actually a way that you can talk directly to us because I do read the reviews slavishly. I go through and read them. Um, and you might be able to pick out one or two uh, written by people who occasionally show up on the podcast. See if you can pick those out. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we've got awesome stuff in the pipeline and i'm really excited to share it with you so keep on listening send us emails uh follow us at colton classic podcast on instagram and thank you guys so much to play us out as always is the chud with all about evil Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.